Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Silver Birch Ranch here in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. Uh, it's it's a beautiful day. I can't really complain about it. I know I always talk about the weather, but when it's wintertime in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, that's pretty much well, what we talk about. And when you're from the Midwest, weather is a topic. If you're from San Diego, you can't talk about it this because it's boring. Yeah. Always the same. You got to go, oh, it's 72 and gorgeous out. That gets old. Wow, you, you sound like you had a wrinkly voice there for a I, moment. I might, I might, because <laughs> I'm getting older, but I can act like old people. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> but really, somebody was saying the other day, I need to move to, um, you know, San Diego because it's so perfect. I'm thinking, boring. San Diego is, no. It is boring. I don't, I don't know that I would call San Diego perfect, but I apologize for anybody who's listening in, that is in San Diego. I'm not. Be a Midwesterner. Join you us. Know, I'm just a, a born and bred in the Midwest. Yeah. Well, here's a, a general rule, I think, that might apply. Those people who really grew up here in the Midwest fantasize about, like, living in Hawaii or something. Yep. But they always come back. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I, I think well, that— Well, there's truth to that. I mean, there's—I mean, we go to Florida, my family and I, on vacation, and we've actually talked about it. It's like, you know what? I don't think we'd want to live in Florida. Right. You know, like, it's nice for a week or two, but— you know, during the summer to have it all the time. Yeah. I enjoy the Midwest. Yeah. To think that, that you, you know, we really choose when we go to these places. Right. Oh, absolutely. So we're always going when it's nice. Right. It's not always nice anywhere. Right. And eventually you find that out. So people in Florida like coming to the Midwest in the summer. Mm-hmm. People in Arizona like coming to the Midwest in the summer. People in Arizona are like going anywhere because it's a desert. It is. They <laughs> built, you know what was amazing to me when I was going to uh, speak? I can't remember if it was Phoenix or I was flying into Las Vegas and connecting somewhere. I forget what it was. But what I was amazed at is we're over a desert, we're over a desert city. Yeah. And when I land, I said, this place is a desert. And it's like, <laughs> hey, don't you get out ever? Uh, you built a city in the desert? Yeah. Whose brain <laughs> thought this was great? Uh, I do think we have some listeners down in Arizona, by the Hello. way. Hello. Hello. <laughs> was this all recorded? <laughs> oh, you man. know, I guess that uh, all those Arizona little sounds you heard was Arizona radios going off. Oh, yeah. And oh. Um, I do love the people in Arizona. Some of my dearest friends are there, and that's the way life is, I, I just think, okay, I'm glad I'm a Midwesterner. And I imagine everyone is eventually glad where they're from. Yeah, and I, I mean, we get to enjoy all four seasons. Yeah, and it's not that we don't get tired of the ones that are ugly. Right, or it, long. Yeah, so we you know. do. At the end of winter, we're ready for summer. We don't have a spring, so that doesn't happen. Well, we did last year. I think it landed on a Saturday. Yeah, uh, maybe. maybe. It might have been a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> That's really how it goes here. All of a sudden... All of a sudden, it's summer, and, and the leaves are out. And you go, oh, what happened to spring? We didn't have that. Yeah. So well, places year, that have springs, yeah. nice. We don't have that. No. And, so. and we're just covered in snow right now. We are. And then March, you think, oh, this is the transition month. It can be the snowiest month by far. Or April. <laughs> yeah, or April. Or it snowed in May last it, year. It snowed in every month in Wisconsin, I believe, except one. Really? Yeah. So what, probably July it didn't snow? I think it was July. I, I don't know. I have to look back, and I don't know if that's still the case. 
And that one year when we had like four, 14,000 feet of snow. Yes. That one year. That one year. I um, do remember and that. And it was like 100 below zero every day and 14,000 feet of snow. Yeah. By June, I was digging some things and I was uncovering snow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, go away. You don't belong here in June. But that's right. That's right. That's the Midwest for you. It's always an adventure, always changing. And uh, I don't think there's a a right or wrong place to live. Obviously, I hope you enjoy where you live. And if you want to taste the Midwest, come up to Silver Birch Ranch. We'd love yep. to have you one of our retreats or even uh, our yep. Wolf River Refuge. You know, it's a, it's a little smaller, but uh, a perfect place to get away and grow and yep. all that stuff. You hear about the, the like Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes. Wisconsin has 15,000, so come and see one of ours. That's right. And we have a river. That's what the uh, Wolf River Refuge is on. So, you know, it's not our river, but, but we do have, you know, we're on it. So yep. you can come and enjoy the river. You can enjoy the woods. We're right at the edge of the National Forest. You right. can start hiking north here, I believe, and walk all the way to the North Pole through the woods. This is true. Yeah, so you just got to find the right path probably. But, yep. I mean, a lot of woods. So if you just want to experience that, I love it when, uh, like this year we have students from – a lot of different states, and even one of our students is from Mexico. Being up in northern Wisconsin from Mexico or a southern state is really, really good for them. Oh, yeah. They learn a whole different culture, and I love it because the, the, the kids who grew up in the northern parts, they learn from them, and the southerners learn from the northerners. There's positive in both cultures. Yes. And to think that they're exactly the same is not true. They're not uh, if you start calling me sir, you're from the south. Yes, sir. Yeah, see? That, <laughs> that doesn't happen to northerners normally. Uh, as far as young people, I don't yep. call you sir. Uh, or you call my wife ma'am. Yes, ma'am. A lot of times, yeah, that's from the south. You go, are you from the south? How do you know? That dialogue. Yep. You know, Chicago. Or sometimes the accent gives it away. Yeah, because Chicago, look, and you go, hey, homie. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can't. I'm pretty so sure it's a different dialogue. I'm pretty sure they don't say that anymore. Well, they might. <laughs> <laughs> I I call the white light guys homies. I'm sure you use a lot of vernacular. Yeah, because they are. They're guys. Because you're they're, still hep. They're, they're part of the hood. There it just go. happens to be a very large hood <laughs> that covers oh, miles man. at the edge of the National oh, Forest. Man. Oh, man. So. Those of you that are listening thinking, why am I listening? I would ask the same question <laughs> about now. Uh, so stay with us because I'm going somewhere with this. Yes. Uh, I we mean, I'm not going nowhere. somewhere with those topics, but I am going somewhere. We've been talking about young people and what, you know, I've been talking, I always talk to business guys, leaders, business ladies, trying to figure out, you know, what are you looking for in young people when they come work for you? Yeah. And, uh, and then looking at the Bible saying what characteristics are here that, Really, any business person would, would really want in their business. And because young people are always coming through here, they're starting their careers, they're starting. So I try and help them figure out what habits they need to have mm -hmm. that I think would honor God and, and would really help the, the businesses or whatever they're joining be successful. Yeah. Because that's really what it's about. Um, and we've been going through those, and you can go back and get the previous episodes because they're all podcasted. Uh, but today we got two more I want to talk about. We're, we've been talking the top ten. I've got two more, so we got nine and ten to talk about. So let me throw one at you, Jason. All right. Uh, this is is one of them I'd like to teach young people, especially learn how to assign time to projects, 
Not everything needs the time required for perfection, and unpleasant tasks need to be attacked with the same vigor as enjoyable tasks. Hmm. So it's like, you know what? Sometimes you, you get people saying, well, this task took me five hours. Right. And I might look at it and go, that task isn't worth five hours. Mm-hmm. Well, did you want me to get it done? To what level? Yeah. That's the question. Like, you have grass at home, right? I do have grass. How important is it for you to cut that grass perfectly? Not very important. So how much time do you put on cutting grass? As long as it takes. Okay. I, you know, I shock mine. I put my mower down as far as possible. <laughs> I, you know, why? I, I don't want it to grow fast. You know, I, I want it to be green but not grow fast. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I don't, I don't want to deal with lawn. Yep. Do I want to keep the house neat? nice looking yeah i think i should i just don't want to make it you know something where a house beautiful comes by and wants a picture for their magazine mm-hmm. so i'm not interested in that so my house is not a house beautiful house but i would like it to be okay everything's neat in order put in place the way it should look and in that process then i think i've assigned the due time it's necessary for that yeah if i have extra time i want to spend it with people not sitting on a lawnmower, mm-hmm. if possible. Uh, and that goes through all of life. How perfect do you need to do a job? Because if you're going to do it to the word perfection, this may take some time. And are those you're working with saying that that's the time you should put into that? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I was talking to a, a young guy that was a pastor, a young pastor, and he was telling me that you know, I don't know. He said, I don't know how you get any of the other stuff done the church wants me to because I speak on Sunday mornings. Hmm. I said, so how long do you, I mean, what, what, how long are you speaking for? He said, well, you know, it's about 20 minutes, maybe a half hour. Yeah. He said, so how long does it take you to prepare for that? And he, and they said, well, I, I could spend all 40 hours a week preparing for that. Wow. I remember looking at him, he was shocked me and said, did you ever consider doing something else in life? Because you may not be gifted at that. <laughs> and I wasn't cutting him down, he was a yeah. friend. So it's like, he looked at me like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, up till then, I think people were impressed by the fact of how much time you put in. Yeah. Just a secret between you and me, and we won't tell anyone. Okay, I'm listening. Nobody else is. I have never spoken yet where I think I've exhausted the subject. Mm-hmm. There's a line somewhere where you say, I'm going to go speak. Yep. This is all I know today. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go use what you know. That's it. Yeah. I mean, if you keep wondering how much more you can study, knowledge, you can chase that so much you can't do anything else. Right. You better balance your life out. So even if you're speaking somewhere, don't. Don't think I'm saying you should cheat your preparation. I'm not saying that. I don't know how long you need. Everybody is different in how they do things. Everyone's different in how they grasp, how they teach. I understand that. But if you are spending 40 hours a week trying to prepare a 20-minute message, then you better be at a church that says that's all we want you to do. Yeah. However, if you need to do a funeral in there, a wedding, you need to counsel some people or you need to you know, go clean the bathroom or something. You just ran out of time. And I think there's levels there. My wife has gotten on me through the years. 
gotten at me is kind of strong. But if I do a project at home, sometimes I do put too much time into it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like she will do a lot of the cleaning in the house. Yep. Because she says if I get involved, it's a full day project. <laughs> and I think, huh? What are yeah. you talking about? You don't do that all the time? No, Dave. Yeah. No. I'll pull everything out of the cabinet. You know, you, I need to dust. Excuse me. Let me empty the world. And <laughs> okay, Dave. Um, I have faster ways to do that. I just didn't picture you with a little apron with that little yeah, better yeah, no, duster I, going around. <laughs> I don't. I don't really. But I think I, it, I think it's a very important principle because there's always there will always be things that are vouching for your time. And so you need to be able to assess what you're doing and how much value it should have, you know? And so, and, and that will change depending on what it is. And so if you were just to give everything, you know, a hundred, I mean, I'm not saying don't give everything 110%. I'm just saying, you know, depending on the task, is it worth it? Like, like you brought up, you know, mowing the lawn, you know, some people, the lawn is their thing and they will spend days on their lawn. Yep. And, and I'm not saying that when you choose not to do that, that you just leave your lawn to just go to rot, you know, you still do a great job at it. You just do it differently. Right. You know, and I think that's, that's what the idea and the, the principle behind this is, is that it's not that you're not giving your best. It's just, you're setting in your mind saying, all right, this is what the amount of time I have for this at the moment. And then I need to move on to something else. And I think in that you're giving it your best. Right. Absolutely. At that point. Because all of us have more to do than cut the grass. Yeah. So there, there's a book I read years ago. It's called Margin. It's written by a doctor. I forget yep. who it was. Um, but I would suggest if you can go find the book Margin and read it, go ahead. Yeah. Because it basically has a simple principle to it. You only have 100% time available to you. So you, you have 24 hours a day just like I do. You only have... 100% of your money available to you, whatever it is. So if you have $10,000, you have 10000 you don't have eleven. You only have 100% of emotion. You know, you don't have 110% of emotion you can use. Mm-hmm. It's not there. The basic principle is simple. You can't spend 100% of everything. You won't have anything left. Mm-hmm. And life can come at you. And all of a sudden, you've spent it all. And now you can't respond to life. And I want to suggest to young people, understand the principle. Get the book. Do you know who? You don't know who wrote that? Uh, is it Henry Cloud? I can't remember. No. No, That's it isn't. Else. It's, a, it's a doctor who is actually a doctor I, in Wisconsin. I have it on my shelf. Yeah. Well, you look up. The book's Margin. It's a doctor in Wisconsin. Uh, he was a doctor. He actually... Th- this Margin idea... Richard ca- Swenson? Yes, that's the guy. Richard Swenson. Yeah. Dr. Richard Swanson. Dr. And, and he basically gave up being a doctor because of understanding this principle. You only have 100%. You know, so if you're not spending time with the people you love, maybe that should be more of a priority than going out with your buddies. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got to think about how am I going to spend my time? How am I going to budget my time? so that I don't use 100% of it. Because if you do, I promise you, when the emergency of life comes up, you won't know what to do because mm-hmm. there's no time for it. Right. 
and you know people accept this on uh, financial budgets I mean they accept that idea mm-hmm. you know you should always have you know I, I, I forget what all those guys say three months in the bank or something to, to yeah. try and live on or why because you know like my wife and I went through she got diagnosed with cancer all of a sudden you don't know what's going to go on mm-hmm. you may not be working anymore yeah well do you have a cushion for that well I don't need one because I'm planning on being healthy so is everyone else yeah it, yeah, I don't think anybody wakes up saying, oh, I'm not going to be healthy. To, you know. Yeah, no. So margin, margin, margin is important. And I think assigning, even in your workplace, you know, I, I do a lot of different radio. I do uh, podcasts. I teach here to Nicolay Bible Institute students. In each of those things, I need to assign a value on how much time mm-hmm. because it's endless otherwise. And I, and I can get overwhelmed with it. If you have trouble doing that, you need to, talk to somebody who's older who has done that mm-hmm. because it can be overwhelming especially let me give you a verse um i can reference it but the verse that tells us do everything is under the lord yeah all right so if somebody comes to me and says well dave you're saying you could do something subpar would you hand god subpar yeah what would you say to that if somebody came to you and said that that doesn't make any sense well they say well if you're supposed to do everything unto the lord shouldn't i cut the grass perfect Right. Well, and, and that's the thing is, per, I mean, well, it's giving your best effort. It's looking at a single object instead yeah. of the whole picture. Right. Totally. W- when you do it as unto the Lord, you might not cut the grass for three days mm-hmm. because you're doing it as unto the Lord, and, and that's not the priority. Right. You know. It, I think what we get mixed up is is the only thing God wants from us is our absolute perfection. Mm-hmm. And it's like, really? Right. First of all, we know we're not perfect. We know we're sinful. Secondly, we cannot predict the future. Yeah. Nobody can. You need to know what you're about to get that done. And you need to assign a value to it. Yeah. Um, there are some things in my life that just aren't important. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't spend a, a lot of time, you know, on making cakes for example mm-hmm. i have made one a in prince, my life a princess cake well yeah but i made one that was a <laughs> total disaster too but but it's not you know i there's always a dilemma i'm a learner i love to learn things so it's like i'm gonna keep working on this cake till i get it right do you know how much time i would invest in that right now in my life i i don't need to do that mm-hmm. but there's nothing wrong with somebody who does that as long as that's part of the time budget right well, because the other byproduct of, of having this mentality is that it, it helps you assess what's important in your life. Absolutely. And and help protect that. You know, that's that's this whole concept, even a margin. It's like, all right, you know, say for me, like I got three boys at home, so I'm very aware of the hours of influence I have, you know, especially because we have them go to school, sure. you know, and so they're in school all day. And so when they're home, you know, when I come home from work, it's like, sure, I could easily just want to you know relax sit around and just kind of chill yeah but i know that all right i have only three hours before it's bedtime for them so that's where i have to make a cognitive decision to say all right i want this time to be intentional to do whatever they want to do you know and that's that's the same mentality you know and in that time it's like you know say say it's summertime and i got to cut the grass it's like well how much time, which one's more important 
And how do I assess, you know, it doesn't yep. mean that I d never cut the grass and let it go. It's like, well, how do I fit that in somewhere else? Give it the time that it needs, but not obsess over it. Right. You know, and I think that's the principle that we're trying to get behind is that it's, it's assessing what you're doing and what you're throwing your time at because it, time is a valuable thing. And, and if you, if you think you're out of time, which I think a lot of people will say, well, I don't have time for anything. Well, look at where you're spending your time. Because the other thing is when you do this, you'll also be able to see where you're wasting your time. Right. You know, you know, I would challenge you and you've even done this before for a week, write down what you do for seven days, every minute, just write down, you know, I bet you, you'd be amazed at how much time you spend scrolling, you know, yep. whether it's on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, how much time you, you engage in watching, you know, whatever streaming device you have. And, and then we say on the back, of, on the other cheek, it's like, well, I don't have any time. It's like, well, you always have time. Yeah. Always. Yep. But assess how much time you're giving to things and whether or not you need to. So I think it's, it's that whole picture, I think, is the principle. Yeah. You know, I mean. Uh, uh, and there's some things you're more gifted at. Right. And, and what's interesting about that is you don't need as much time to develop that. Right. Totally. Uh, where somebody else does. Absolutely. So for me, you know, I, I know the principles of like building a building. Yeah. I'm not gifted at that stuff. I, I'm not patient enough. I really should let the builders build it. Yeah. In essence. Right. I can do it. I'm just not the, you know, I would have to spend twice as long right. working on it as at, somebody who's gifted at it. At least. Yeah. <laughs> at least. At least. So it's one of those things where you look at it and say, you know what? This is where the body of Christ comes in. These guys are really good at it. Yeah. I can sit here and struggle for hours or I can do that. Yeah. Or even as I get older, it's like uh, no matter what my wife wants us to do at the house, I tell her I can do that. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, she'll just look at me. I know you can. Like, Joan's put in some new flooring. Well, I, it, before I even said it, I saw her look at me. Yeah. I know. If I have to bend over for four hours, I'm not going to stand up for a week. <laughs> 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 you know? So, okay, why don't we hire somebody? Right. I right. mean, all of a sudden, my priorities change. Oh, totally. And it's not because I'm not willing to work. It's because I'm recognizing that particular project mm -hmm. would cost me too much. Right. Both in time and health. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. I have to say somebody who has the skill and ability. A floor guy comes in, he's, he's in and out before I could sneeze. Yeah. They have all the equipment. They do it right. They're not limping at the end absolutely and that's where i'd even say i mean we always hear the phrase that time is money and i, I would say that i would argue that there's some truth to that yeah you know i mean obviously you have all the time but at some point you're trading time sometimes to save money right when you're not saving money i mean that's one something i've even realized with with my family and three boys it's like you know even with a car you know i can change an oil i've learned how to do brakes you know here and there there's other things that come up it's like oh i think i could do that and then, like, in, I get a half hour in the project. I'm like, oh, boy, what did I do? Yeah. You know, and I've learned that it's like, you know what? I could do some simple things. That's fine. But for me, it's it, it's more of a wise investment of my time to pay somebody who's actually gifted at that. Right. Because it will actually save me in the long run. Right. You know? It, it's funny you mention that because I, I've been telling Linda, we got a different car. And I said, you know, on this one, I'm not changing the oil. Hmm. And she looked at me because... I would never take it in to have somebody else change your oil. Right. It's like, well, you should be able to do that in your sleep. 
Yeah. Don't pay someone for that. I can get oil cheap. I can put it in there. I, right. I know how to do this. Typical, I know how to do this. I don't care what craft store we've gone to. Don't buy that. I, I'll make you one. <laughs> right. Yeah, those aren't lined up anywhere. She never got them. Yeah. So, but, but on this one, she I she said a couple times, because I, we have a place in town. You know, it's a quick place. Drive in, drive out. They yep. change oil. And I thought, you know what? Every time I change the oil, it's like a half-a-day project. I start doing this and that. I take the tires off. I look at them. But I got to stop this. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and my back. I'm, I'm getting older. So it's like, yeah. you know what? After all this carrying the tires around, doing things, I'm sore. Right. Forget it. I'm taking it in. But it costs you about $3 more. <laughs> yeah. In all reality. But yeah. And uh, yeah. And the amount of time. And so that's that's why as we talk about time, you know, and, and, and you know, giving a lot of time for certain things, I think it helps engage this process of understanding, all right, what am I actually doing with my life? as well, you know, and so that's why it's an important principle because that principle leads to so many other decisions that you will make that will impact the intentionality of your lifestyle. Yeah. And, and that's why it's an important principle to learn. Right. You know, I've taken kids before and, and, or even guys that are in the business world and they tell me they don't have time. And I usually say, would you take out a pencil? Why? I want to start going through a time yeah. with you. What are you going to do? I'm just going to ask you how to spend it. So tell me how much you work, and they tell me how much you do this. And I would suggest you try this at home if you can be honest. So how much do you go to work? How much transportation a week? How much, you know, how, where's your time going? Just You don't even have to right now mark it down. You'll probably lie to yourself, so you should mark it down later. But yeah. how much time do you actually do in these things? Do you know that when I have them marked down, here's how much I'm at work, here's how much I sleep, here's how much, um, you know, the, the essential stuff. Yeah. And I even tell them at the end, I said, put two hours on there a day to sit and look at a wall. Yeah. And they go, oh, I, I don't know. Put, just put two hours on there to sit and look at a wall every day. Yeah. Okay, so I do it. Do you know there's always a lot of time left? Yeah. So if you were to take the 24 hours time sum, so you got that many hours in a week, you start saying, how many hours do I do this? How many hours do I do that? Put it in there. Put two hours a day in there for messing around, just doing nothing. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Their eyes open up, and then they go, you know what? I don't believe this. I didn't write it. Right. I've never seen it where they had a deficit of time. Hmm. Now, if you want to say I'm working 200 hours a week, mm -hmm. you're lying because there isn't that many. So regardless, I mean, you got to look at it honestly. At oh, least. absolutely. It, and if you're not going to look at it honestly, I'm sorry. There's no help for you anyway. Mm-hmm. But people who talk honestly, they realize there's a lot of wasted time in my life. Yeah. That's what Satan would love you not to get because that's one thing you can never get back. Right. Oh, absolutely. So I encourage you, uh, get that book Margin by S Dr. Swenson. And uh, I would encourage you to look at your own time. I would encourage you to talk, if you're married, talk to your spouse about you know, how do you spend your time, realize you only have 100%? And, mm -hmm. and what is important, and are the important things that you proclaim important, are they being done? Yeah. If they're not being done, then drop some of the unimportant stuff or just do it less. Right. And that's really your choices. Absolutely. And I, and I think if anybody were to honestly approach and just assess you know, for a week what you're spending time on, I think it would at least get you thinking and at least 
you know, if, especially if you're willing to ask the hard questions, even if you just started somewhere small so you can invest in the important things in your life, I think you'll get a long way. But unfortunately, we're running out of time here on Younger and Older. And I encourage you, if you want, re-listen to this, head over to silbridgeranch.org and you can check out this podcast and other ones or previous ones or even share it with a friend. But for now, this is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.